Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into another Orange Fizzcast with Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Matt, we are going to be breaking down the ACC Basketball Awards that were released yesterday on Monday. And, I mean, we'll go through each and every one of them. But first, I just want to ask, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenally. I'm All pretty right. pretty happy this morning. Good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get right to it. And let's start with, I mean, the big name, Elijah Hughes. He was named to the ACC first team, all-conference first team. He was deservedly so, but there were leading up to the awards, there were some analysts and some people in the media saying that he might not even be first team. He They correctly put him on that one. Um, and he finishes with, let's see, um, on the first team ballot, he was five out of five. So he just barely made that clip, but deservedly so, he's on that team. Yeah, I think it's entirely deservedly so. Incredible numbers he put up this year's in season, uh, nearly averaging 25 and five on the year. Those are Carmelo Anthony numbers if we're going to put it into a perspective of Syracuse. Elijah Hughes has had a phenomenal season. He has definitely improved on his play last year, even though. We saw him play really well last year at certain points. We knew he could take shots that we were confident in him taking. Uh, and I think he definitely, definitely deserved to be on the ACC first team this year. So ACC first team is Vernon Carey of Duke. Uh, he had the most votes. Then Jordan Wara of Louisville. John Mooney, the big man from Notre Dame. Another Duke player in Trey Jones. And then Elijah Hughes rounded out the top five for the first team. Uh, he had 305 votes compared to the leading vote-getter with Vernon Carey, who had 367. So Elijah Hughes on the first team, and I agree that he should be on that team. Now the thing is, I don't think he got much attention, and I think that he would have gotten more votes if Syracuse was a better team this season and played better because they do look at your team's performance, and even though Elijah Hughes was the entire team for Syracuse this season— the, the team didn't do that well, and that kind of takes your stock down. So I can understand why he was on the lower end. And there are a lot of great players in the ACC and some big names this season. Uh, but I'm glad that they that they gave him first team because he was snubbed um, from multiple ACC lists and then also um, countrywide. The Award. The, the Julius Irving Award, exactly. That's a good one. Um, where he was in the top 10, and then he got bounced bounced once they released the top five um, a few weeks ago. So Elijah Hughes, first team, um, and he he should be. I think we both agree with that. Um, but surprisingly, someone that didn't make one of the teams, and we'll stay with the teams, um, is Joe Girard. He didn't make the all-freshman team, not even um, on the top five. And you can say, yeah, he had a couple bad games, maybe some bad shooting nights, but he was a very good freshman in the ACC. Yeah, he definitely he definitely uh, sparked interest for Syracuse fans, and I think he was better than expected for a lot of Syracuse fans. You got to put this season to perspective as he is a freshman. There's not many guys you can look to and say that they put up this these kind of numbers as a freshman and could stay sustained throughout their four year career at a school, which I mean, obviously Orange fans hope he can do. 
also, you've just got to look towards the future with him. He There was a lot of uh, many, many situations this season, including uh, just a couple days ago against Miami, in which the pressure was shifted towards Gerard, in which there were situations where he had to take the brunt of the scoring. They mm-hmm. had to go to him for a bucket, just like he tied up the game against exactly. Miami yeah. to take it into overtime, tied at 56. This kid showed that he's got swagger, he's got confidence, and I think if you're an Orange fan, you've got to be saying, okay, I like where this kid is going. I, I am confident that he can take this team somewhere down the road. you got to remember he's only a freshman, and he still put up some great performances, 30 points against NC State. That was incredible while, uh, while Elijah Hughes was out. And he only went 1-for-10 from 3 in that game. So as he said, it was probably the worst 30 points he ever scored. But if you get some of those balls dropping, he's getting up into the 40s or 50s. He's got really, really good potential. Yeah. I'm pretty surprised he didn't make the all-freshman team. All right, so let's lay out the all-freshman team for our listeners. Verdon Carey Jr., he was on the all-ACC team, so yes, he deserves to be on the all-freshman team. Uh, he led the with the vote-getters with 75. Wasn't really close after that. No, I mean, then Cole Anthony with 55. He was out for the majority of the season. He's from North Carolina. He's their star point guard that if you're a Syracuse basketball fan, you know his name because he tore up the orange when they visited the Dome a few weeks ago. Um, So, yeah, he deserves that. He's that that level of talent to make the all-freshman team. The only thing is you could say, well, he missed a pretty much half the season due to injury. So that kind of held him back. But still, he was number two on the all-freshman team. Then uh, Landers Nolly from Virginia Tech. He he was a very solid player. He had 54, pretty close to Cole Anthony. He had a really good three-point shot against Syracuse. He did. A big one, too, and mm-hmm. a very important one. Uh, Cassius Stanley of Duke, 36 points for him, or votes, rather, for him. Um, and then here's the thing. I think you can make a, an argument for Joe Girard to, be, to either – Jump Cassius Stanley or most definitely jump Patrick Williams of Florida State, who was the final fifth player to round out the all freshman team. Uh, he's a forward from freshman from Florida State, six eight. Uh, but looking at his numbers, nine points per game, four rebounds per game, one assist. So he's not the best. I mean, just from a stats perspective, uh, averaging one block, one steal, that's not like the the most impressive numbers. And then you compare that with Joseph Girard. He has 13 points per game, three rebounds per game, three and a half assists per game. So a steal and a half, too. A steal and a half, yeah. So, I mean, he does it on both ends. Plus, he's one of the best free throw shooters in the country. Um, And this is where I think that they don't show the votes for the people that didn't make the team. but this is, I think, was maybe, at least it should have been, I don't know how the media reacted to it, but it was kind of giving the nod to the player that had the better team rather than Syracuse, who was the worst team compared to Florida State, because Joseph Girard's per, like production this season was way better than Patrick Williams, but he was on FSU, who's a top team in the entire country, not only the ACC, and Joe Girard is on Syracuse. Yeah, and... and- Going back to Patrick Williams, he's a solid player. He gets less minutes than Gerard. So if you're gonna try and equate their stats, I'd say that he, they're they're pretty similar in how they played. But Patrick Williams didn't start a single game. I think when you're gonna look towards the comparison between these two, you have to take into consideration the load that both these guys bared. And, Williams and played eleven less minutes. Yeah, Williams was just. He, he wasn't a huge piece on that team, while Gerard was a top three scorer on Syracuse. So I think that if you're going to 
uh, go through the best freshman of the year, you have to take the kid that's going in night in, night out. He's playing almost the entire game. and he's, Both sides of the court. And he's been given the ball in, in stressful situations where your team really, really needs a basket. I, I, I don't know. I find it kind of puzzling that Joe Girard didn't get the nod here. I understand that he's the team wasn't as good as Patrick Williams is, but like you said, Jaron. But, I mean, they, they held Florida State to a pretty good game, 80-77. Yeah, I mean, and it also might be because Patrick Williams was a really sought-after recruit, number 29 um, recruit coming into this this season um, out of the 2019 class, and Joe Girard wasn't that. He was a great scorer in New York, and a lot of Syracuse fans know him because he was the New York boy, but not really a national type of talent. Um so maybe that holds him back. Maybe the Syracuse um, team holds him back. But that one's kind of puzzling that Joe Girard was not on the All-ACC team. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk about another Syracuse player um, that was kind of snubbed, and that's most improved player Buddy Beheim. He finished in fourth in voting for most improved player in the ACC. Garrison Brooks of North Carolina won that uh, Won that competition. But the thing is, when you look at these, and we'll go through some other categories later, but when you look at each category, there's usually a very clear, um, when you look at the votes, a very clear winner. So let's just say Defensive Player of the Year, Trey Jones of Duke won that. He had 45 votes. The next vote getter was Trent Forrest of Florida State. He only had 18. So when you look down the discrepancies of number one and number two, there were really big gaps, except for most improved player. Garrison Brooks, 17 votes. Olivier Saar of Wake Forest, 16 votes. Devin Vassell of Florida State, 16 votes. So just one vote separated the top three, and then Buddy Beheim was in fourth with 10 votes. I think that's a little low for him. Um, you can make an argument that those guys above him are better, but I think only 10 votes uh, is a little disrespectful for what Buddy Beheim did when you look at what he was last year and now what he is this year. Yeah, I mean, just seven points a game last year for Buddy turning into 15. He's turned into a scorer that this team needs to sur- to survive. I mean, without Buddy Beheim on the floor, I don't think you're winning many games. He provides a three-point shot at times that is lethal for other teams if you're leaving him open. And it's not to say that Garrison Brooks didn't have a great uh, exactly. a jump. I mean, exactly. 17 points this year after eight last year. He started every game last year, though, while Buddy didn't. I think if you're just looking at general improvement, Buddy skyrocketed more than any other player. Um, and you can't even use the same argument that Buddy isn't on a good team while the top guy is because Olivier Saar is right up there, and he's on Wake Forest, and they're not too hot. So And Garrison Brooks is on North Carolina, and they're not too exactly. they, fin- they finished last in the ACC. So it's it's just interesting to see. I mean— I think that something that definitely plays into it is how Buddy kind of fell towards the end of the season during that five-game win yeah. streak Syracuse had mm-hmm. that was eventually snapped by Clemson in that 72-71 heartbreaker. Um, he was unstoppable. I mean, if you gave him the ball around the three-point line, you knew he was going to make it or at least have a really good shot at making it. And then after they snapped that streak, they go into a bit of a lull. They lose a few games here and there, and he just— he has, he puts up a goose egg or two, and you're just like, where who, where did this guy go? What yeah. did he turn into? He's just terrible now, and you just can't trust him. So I think that definitely plays into it because, I mean, that just shows that he isn't consistent throughout the year. But I still think you have to give a nod to just statistically how much better he became this season. No, I mean, I totally agree that 
Yeah, he did drop off, but you can also flip that and say, well, when Elijah Hughes had a bad game, Buddy Beheim stepped up a lot in, in multiple games, too. He stepped up in a big way against multiple teams in very important shots. I mean, when you think about that Virginia game at Virginia when they won in overtime, who hit some clutch shots and who was on fire that scored? Was what, was it? what was it, 18 straight points yeah, or something was, like that? I mean, incredible. so you got to give it to him that he did have a really good season. And you look at back at last year, all he was was a spot up shooter. This year, he added the whole I'm able to put the ball on the ground and dribble right to the basket and finish on the inside as well, which is a layer that he did not have at all last year. Um, so, Buddy Beheim, sure, he might not have been the guy because Garrison Brooks did have a very good leap, especially without Cole Anthony on UNC. So, even if you don't want to give the entire award to Buddy Beheim, I think you should at least have been a little higher up. He should be one of the guys this. getting 16 votes here. Yes. So probably in the two or three range, um, not four. And I know that sounds okay, just one spot down, but still those votes are six Six votes is a pretty big discrepancy, at least for this category, because they were just all so close. Um, all right, but let's move on. Let's talk about the the ACC Player of the Year. So Trey Jones was, of Duke won it. He had 34 votes, and this is another category where there was – not, I mean, there was a very clear winner. There is not much um, of a conversation to be had. Trey Jones finished with 34 votes. Uh, Jordan Wara of Louisville had 17. John Mooney of Notre Dame had 11. And Elijah Hughes of Syracuse had 7. So Hughes finished in 4th. Uh, with two other guys behind him receiving votes, Trent Forrest of Florida State and Mamadi Diakite of Virginia. But Elisha Hughes, I think this is another snub. And it all we've been saying this about all these players on Syracuse, and I think it just all comes down to Elisha Hughes was the best player um in the conference this year, but he was on the worst one of the worst teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um but you know, I actually do think Trey Jones absolutely deserved it because I mean, the guy was an incredible scorer. He was an incredible defender, won ACC Defensive Player of the Year as well. Yeah. Um, the first time any Duke player has ever won ACC Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. Um, and, you know, to really explain this, I think you got to take it back to January 14th of last season when the Orange went down to Cameron Indoor and beat Duke in overtime 95-91. to When Trey Jones went out of that game with a shoulder injury, that's when the game was broken open and Syracuse really had a chance. I mean... Without him on the floor, RJ, Zion, and Cam just didn't know where to go with the ball. There's just He's their glue guy. He's their P.J. Tucker, but he plays incredible defense, and he can really, really score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Trey Jones is an absolutely phenomenal player, and he steps up in the big situation. He can put up points when he really needs to, and we saw him come into the Dome and absolutely tear up the orange. He was incredible in that game. He had 18 points. And, you know, I just I think he was far and away the best player in the conference this season. Not to say that Elijah Hughes didn't put together a phenomenal season, like I said before, putting up Carmelo-like numbers. Right. But Trey Jones, he's the best player on the best team. you got to give it to him. So, yeah, Trey Jones was very good. The, there are two other things that surprised me, and I'll first touch on one. Vernon Carey Jr. of Duke didn't receive a vote. Which is pretty crazy. Which is absolutely crazy. He was on the all-ACC first team, and when you look at who was on the, verse, the first team, Kerry, Wara, Mooney, Jones, Hughes. All four, all f- well, four out of those five received votes for ACC Player of the Year. 
The one guy that didn't was Vernon Carey Jr., who received the most votes for first team, which is just mind-boggling to me. I don't really understand all these vote these votes. They just don't really make that much sense. That's my first point. My second point is yes, I'll side with you. Trey Jones probably should be the ACC player of the year because I give him the nod because he plays both ends of the court and he's the best two-way player in the conference this season. But Elijah Hughes should be above John Mooney and above Jordan Wara. I'll give you that. He should not be 10 votes below Jordan Wara, who put up a goose egg in one of his games this season. And I'll look up his stats, but there are other games where he had two, four, six, like held to single digits. When you think of ACC Player of the Year, one of the best conferences historically, not this season, but historically one of the best conferences in the entire country, and you think about who's going to represent that conference as the Player of the Year, it should not be a guy that is held scoreless or just cannot get into double figures on a nightly basis. And there were some nights that Jordan Wara failed to do that. Yeah, I just don't think Jordan Wara, offensively at least, is the player that Elijah Hughes is. Um, you know, Hughes, he's been the guy that Syracuse could turn to all season long when they need a basket. I mean, you you saw that great, great performance at Georgia Tech where he put up 33. He, he's been incredible for this team all season long. And, and against Boston College, at Boston College just a couple games ago, he was incredible. And the big thing about Elijah Hughes is you see the difference this team has when he's off the court. A loss against NC State when he was injured and a loss against Miami when he was injured. I'm fully confident in saying that if he's in those two games, they win those two games. And it could be an entirely different season. You win that NC State game, you pick up some momentum, and you bring it to Florida State down in Tallahassee where you only lost by three with that loss coming in. So you have that win, maybe it becomes a whole different season, and you maybe you get a little bit above six, the sixth seed in the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just the team has brought them down. I do want to go back. I want to correct myself. He was never, Jordan Wara was never held scoreless. He had two points against oh, two Georgia points, Tech. Two points. That's what I was thinking. Two points against Georgia Tech. He had five points against Clemson. Uh, two teams that you don't really consider the most dominant defensive teams. He was also held just six points against Duke, which if you're going to be the ACC player of the season, player of the year, you should be able to step up in those big games, and he failed to do that. He was also held to just eight against Kentucky. So there were four different occasions this year that Jordan Wara was held below 10 points, and he finished 10 votes more than Elijah Hughes in the ACC player of the year votes. So that baffles me. It baffles me that Elijah Hughes wasn't higher um, in ACC Player of the Year. It baffles me that Joe Girard wasn't higher in um, or even on the ACC freshman team. Um, And it also baffles me that Buddy Bayheim was not higher on the most improved list. A lot of snubs for Syracuse, and I think we're in agreement that it's all to... It's all on the shoulders of just the team's lackluster performance this year. Absolutely. I mean, when you if you have a good season this this year, I, I think everything changes. Uh, I think just just maybe two or three more wins. Just a couple more key wins. I mean, you you should get that win in Miami just a couple days ago. Yeah, there were a couple that they just sli- a let slip really, out. Really had to win. Mm-hmm. And I think things really do change if you pick up a couple of those. And that's exactly the story for Syracuse men's basketball this season. A lot of things in their grasp, but then a disappointing result. 
That's going to do it for this FizzCast. Thank you guys so much for listening. For Matt Bonaparte, I am Jaron May. Make sure you tune in next week and make sure you get you catch all of our content. Follow us on social media and check out our website. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.